What is up, motherfuckers? Coming to you live from Phuket for episode 105 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, I started recording this episode. I got about 20 minutes in of sharing my thoughts and feelings about US politics. And then I started getting followed by this manky fucking Phuketian cat, if that's even a word. This man, I, if any of you have been to Thailand, you get like wild cats walking around, which is fine. You know, I, I'm not judging. They're basically homeless cats and they look it right. But that's fine. But homeless cats or homeless people, like if they follow you around and especially if it's a cat, right, just meowing while you're trying to record a podcast and you already feel self-conscious. You're already, like you're already walking around weird car parks and back roads trying to get somewhere that's relatively quiet so you can do these things. And then this cat walks up, like, constantly into... Meow! Meow! It's like, fuck off! Like, I'm a cat lover. I'm an animal lover. But more than that, I'm a podcast guy. I don't really... Don't test me in terms of where my prioritizations sit with this. Anyway, let me get into this. Um, Let's talk about US politics. Uh, There's loads going on over there at the moment. So let's not waste time talking about fucking cats. Um, Liz Cheney. Uh, Dick Cheney's daughter uh, is in the news. She got booted out of her Wyoming seat yesterday. Uh, And it's, you know what, it's funny. Before we even really jump into that, let's talk for a minute about the transition of the Cheneys. (laughs) The rebranding, the PR campaign that we have seen and are continuing to see. Like, do you remember back in the day when it was like Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, Dick Cheney advising George W. Bush? When it was, when it was that Cheney... Everyone looked at Cheney like he was the sort of, you know, this Darth Vader kind of guy, if not, you know, a sort of, you know, a brains, like the, the evil genius behind the madness of George Bush. You know, he was seen as the dark and devious evil guy uh, behind George W. Bush's presidency, uh, who was willing to sacrifice Iraqi or, you know, Afghan, Afghan lives for the sake of oil was, was the charge or the, uh, the implication. Um... And now what a journey we've been on. Now we're at a point where his daughter, Liz Cheney, was a House of Representatives representative uh, in Wyoming. And she is seen as very much the voice of reason. <laughs> like we've gone from like dark overlord, evil genius, murderer to like, actually, yeah, she she makes some fucking sense. She made some good points. That gives you an indication that should give you pause in terms of how far we've sunk in the last 20 years how bad shit's gotten that we now look at a Cheney like I think I'm with her over these motherfuckers um anyway Liz Cheney is in in the news because uh yeah she's Dick Cheney's daughter but she got booted out of her seat yesterday and I talked a bit about this on TikTok uh, but I thought I would talk about it a bit more uh, more in depth now on this because truly like US politics is just mad right now you know we thought we'd hit the nadir with the 2016 election of Donald Trump. That felt like the bottom to me, you know? Do you remember when he came down the escalator at Trump Tower to say that Clinton had called to concede and it was a bit dimly lit? And we were all like, this is like something out of a dystopian movie. Like, this is rock bottom here. Like, how the fuck have we ended up with a sociopathic game show host as leader of the free world, you know? How is this guy... Most of the people in his own party say he's, you know, they say it outright, openly, that he's a con man. How has he won the presidency? 
That felt like the nadir to me. And then came all the crazy shit in his presidency. You know, calling countries shitholes, uh, insulting world leaders, backing out of treaties and sitting there with his arms crossed. You know, Merkel and others looking at him like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? You bellend. You're going to ruin the planet. And he's like, no, go suck a dick badly. You know, like just obnoxious, ignorant. Then there's a Stormy Daniels shit giving his daughter and her husband key jobs in the White House and this just unrelenting tsunami of lies. Just a fire hose blasting lies into your face every day. Every briefing with, I don't know, Kellyanne Conway or Sarah Huckabee Sanders or... Uh, and then you had, like, the pandemic bleach nonsense that killed two people. So right up to and including, all, like, all of that. And then right into the January the 6th riots and the hearings about it afterwards. Every time it has felt like we've hit rock bottom. <laughs> Another layer deeper. And then you would get Trump administration, you know, bit part types. Extras. Uh, you know, like special guest stars who you saw in, like, one episode. This, on this episode, special guest star Johnny Smith-Jones, or, you know. And these people would somehow get roped into shit, you know. Like, you never see really much of them or heard of them before, but suddenly they are prime suspect in whatever mad shit Donald Trump has gotten up to. <laughs> they get, like, a presidential invite to a velvet roped-off section just under this bus. So you'd see those guys going to jail <laughs> instead of Trump. Supporting cast members getting indicted and jailed, basically. Uh, and every time it's felt like, well, this has to be where it kind of stops. You know, these MAGA hat guns keep digging. They keep barrel scraping. And if they do it for long enough, eventually they're going to find their dignity. Eventually. You know, like it's been, it's been dead and buried so long, so deep down. But eventually we're going to get there. But not yet. <laughs> it's like... Like, not yet should be the tagline. Like, if I ran a newspaper or, you know, even a half-successful fucking, you know, news or blogging website, uh, hashtag Funk27, guys. Uh, but if I ran, like, a half-successful one and we were covering the ridiculousness of Trump fanatics, I would put all of the stories under that heading. You would read, like, a, a headline. It would say something like... Um, uh, Orlando man with trunk full of explosives says Trump came to him in a vision and told him to blow up the State Department building, you know. And you would, like, you would read this, like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Like, that is, that is really fuck. Wait, what section is this under again? Scroll up. Not yet. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, cool. Okay, we're not there yet, guys. Still no dignity, just brainless, seance-possessed Trumpsters blindly following his light. So, yeah, America, uh, America is mad. Uh, it is, it's nutty. It's just, just granddad with no pants on calling his granddaughter by his dead wife's name, pinching her ass. It is Looney Tunes. That is the level that American politics is currently pitching at. Um, and I feel bad when I say shit like this because people quote tweet me and they share stuff around and they say, the world is laughing at us. And I really want to say... We're not, <laughs> but that would what that would be what we call a lie. I don't want to fill this podcast with lies, guys. Um, now you might be hearing this, and uh, you might be going, "Well, yeah, but like none of this is new, Aid. You know, this is hardly groundbreaking. What I'm listening to, 
you know, the Yanks have gone a bit potty. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, is that profound? The Yanks have gone potty? Profound stuff. Great. Can't wait for the next episode. Um, so let's, let's update things a bit. Let's get a bit more specific. So Liz Cheney was ousted from her seat yesterday. Um, it's quite a big deal. Because of who she is in Republican cir- uh, circles, who her family is, and, but also because of who she's not, right? Like in Trumpian circles. Cheney was a, uh, a House representative for Wyoming since 2017, right? And then, back then, she got 70% of the vote. But now she's been effectively replaced by the Trumps for her role in leading those January the 6th hearings and for voting for the impeachment of Donald Trump for disloyalty, you know, for not kissing the ring of the new Lord and Emperor of conservative America, or in her words, and I, you know, I watched her resignation or, you know, concession speech yesterday. She said she could have gone along with Trump's big lie, you know, that the election was stolen. She could have gone along with that and she would have retained 70% or something close to it. But she felt that she couldn't do that in good conscience. And she felt it was right and proper, uh, you know, for someone in public office to take a stand, to say no, you know, to ensure that there were standards, that there would be repercussions for the people who incited the riots. And, you know, unsurprisingly, that made her an enemy of the Trump family. <laughs> you know, like the Trumps are often compared to to a mafia organization of sorts. Um, If you've ever read shit about uh, the mafia before, one of the hallmarks is that they put family into key positions of power and influence, uh, who then put their friends and relatives into similar positions of power and influence. And before you know it, like the whole thing is fucked and it's almost impossible to disentangle the corruption, the nepotism, the biases, the favor they show to like-minded or connected or quote unquote made individuals. And so then no one gets prosecuted. People are quietly moved from one post to another instead of getting fired or imprisoned. And, you know, I'm not saying the Trumps are a full-blown mafia family, but, you know, like his daughter was installed in the White House and her husband, Jared Kushner, was installed in the White House. And Don Jr. is going to end up being the next Donald Trump, you know, like you can see that shit coming a mile off, right? And Liz Cheney isn't of that breed, so to speak. She you know, seemingly has principles. Uh, She doesn't want to see her party or the country descend into the sort of basket case sham democracy where people who look like lose elections stamp their feet and say the other guy cheated. And so it's irrelevant or it's not valid. You know, she doesn't want to see that happen at every single election. A total tanking in standards in public life. She's all about free and fair elections and supporting the courts who concluded that this one, and, you know, investigate, uh, sorry, concluded that this one was free, fair, and valid, and that they just happened to lose this one, right? Um, And she's all about investigating the extent to which people who claim that it was rigged then riled up the cosplay fucking QAnonsters. And the extent to which, I don't know, they, they might be complicit in the deaths of the six people who died in those riots. That's the thing, like, we always think about the January 6th riots as like, oh, yeah, it's just a load of people with flags and weird helmets and shit on, and they stormed the Capitol building. And it was a bit silly, but uh, some of them got, got jailed. Trump didn't pardon them. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's the end of it. It was all a bit silly. Lots of costumes. The end. 
Uh, people fucking died that day. There's sort of, you know, families grieving over that nonsense. And there should be repercussions for that. There should be a hearing where people go, to what extent did Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr. or certain journalists, in quotes, you know, Sean Hannity, I think, was telling Trump to just dial it down. Fucking wind it, wind it in, bro. <laughs> just say that you accept the result and then we'll keep pushing forward. Um, I don't know what his stance is now on the big lie. I suspect he's had a similar sort of uh, reawakening of the Trump Kool-Aid kind of effect. Seems to be the case with a lot of them where they texted the Trumps on that day and said, you've got to tell him to fucking wind it in. And now, some months later, they're like, yep, but uh, I actually believe all of that stuff now. I, uh, it's, uh, it's politically and career convenient for me to believe that and to continue telling people that the election was stolen. And so that's what I shall do. Um, anyway, Cheney was not willing to jump on that train. Uh, and so they hate her. And they hate her for the same reason that you hate that handsome motherfucker that got the girl that time. <laughs> Like, you couldn't... I know it seems like a weird metaphor or a weird analogy, but bear with me. Indulge me. You remember that time, like, you couldn't you couldn't quite get your shit together? You couldn't pluck up the courage to ask her out and walk up to her and say, oh, do you, can I get you a drink? Like, do you want to have a dance? Or, you know, oh, I'm going to this gig on Saturday. Do you want to come with me? Like, I, or, or even just, like, a fairly bold, you know, hey, look, um, you don't know me, but... Uh, I'm going to be over there all night. I promise I won't hassle you. I'm just literally saying I, I think you're beautiful and I'd love to get to know you. And if you would also like to get to know me or just have a chat or something, I will be over there and I would, I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Like, if you were that charming and then you just left her the fuck alone, you could have done that, right? But you didn't. You didn't get your shit together. And then this handsome prick swans over, lays down a line. It works. They leave together and they have a nice night enjoying each other's bodies in three hours of consensual sexual intercourse among adults. Among adults? That sounds like some sort of orgy, doesn't it? You know what I mean. Two people meet up, they go home, they enjoy each other. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> your, your mate's bed sit, having like after pub beers, hating that guy for no reason other than the fact that, you know, you're shit and he won, you know, for want of a better word, you know, and you're not emotionally mature enough to be gracious or to learn from that shit. That is the sort of behaviour that men exhibit when they're like 20 years old, before their frontal lobe has fully developed, before they've learned that, I don't know, like, uh, they, uh, you know, people don't like that sort of behaviour. People, like, before, before we've learned that being a whiny bitch about it is actually completely counterproductive, because... <laughs> If you're a whiny bitch, like no sane woman is going to go, you know what? I wasn't going to fuck you. But now that you've gone all immature and weird about it. Oh, my God. Yes. Fuck me in the ovary pond. Like, and none of the guys are going to listen to this shit. Like, oh, yeah, he's a right laugh. Yeah. Get him down. Get him down the pub next time. Like, literally no one wants to hear a grown man moaning that he didn't get the girl. No one. It's a Spotify list with zero plays. <laughs> and if you did listen to it. One time, the next thing the algorithm would serve you is a kick in the balls. Like, don't be such a fucking pussy. Why are you listening to this? Like, but as I say, fortunately, it's behavior that most men grow out of. Most men are schooled or learn or just conclude uh, that it's charmless and it's unproductive. 
But I guess, like, if you're a billionaire or live like a billionaire on borrowed magic monopoly money, as is the charge with Donald Trump, or, you know, if you're the son of someone like that, you probably don't have to learn that shit. Because whenever these scenarios do present themselves, you could just be rich and obnoxious about it, you know? I imagine, like, people coming up to Don Jr. when he's behaved in this way. Like, cast your mind back 20 years or something. You know, he's 23, fresh out of college, goes to a bar, likes the look of some girl, and she goes home with this other guy, like, Jeff, or, you know? <laughs> and then his friend, you know, he acts up about it, his friend comes over, like, Don Jr., you need to... You need to have some fucking dignity. You know, she fucked Jeff because Jeff's a good dude and they both like rock climbing. Not everything's an attack on you. And frankly, when you're like this, I'm not sure I want to be around you. <laughs> you know, like giving it to him straight. That's his best buddy that says that to him. <laughs> but then maybe, you know, if you're in a rich and obnoxious prick like Don Jr., maybe then you're like, well, I'm fucking Don Jr. I don't need you. Here's $100,000. I don't like the words that you're saying, so I'll just pay you to fuck off and pay someone else to say nice ones. You know, like, you don't, if you're rich and obnoxious, maybe these are lessons that you don't learn, is what I'm saying. So that's them. They're a family of emotionally stunted, arrested development, drenched fucking lunatics. Everything is stolen or sabotaged by people who are trying to attack them. And, and anything that's not is a testament to their genius, you know? None of them have faults or lessons to learn. It is everyone else. It's the Democrats, it's the media, it's Clinton, it's CNN, it's foreign countries, it's North Korea and small C conservatives. Everyone else has problems and faults and things that they need to learn and stop being a loser. And you know, learning is what others must do to attain the successes and prestige of the Trumps. <laughs> and that clearly includes Liz Cheney in their eyes. Uh, and so they fielded a second Republican candidate in these primaries in Wyoming. And that candidate is a MAGA nutcase who believes and pervades the big lie that the election was stolen, that Joe Biden rigged it somehow. That candidate has just got more votes than Liz Cheney. Uh, and so that's how she's been ousted. But make no mistake, that is absolutely a sort of vindictive vengeful attack on Liz Cheney to punish her for speaking out. It's been, it's been an exercise in speak out and see what fucking happens, you know? It's an American House of Representatives take on chat shit get banged, you know? And it's quite jarring to see this shit because if, like me, you quite enjoy the idea of having an America across the pond that's a Western liberal democracy and you know, they, yes, they can be a bit weird with their with their Elvis obsessions and serving eggs and grits or, you know, American football or their wacky sitcoms or, you know. But we quite like the idea of having this big, strong, relatively stable democracy nearby. The special relationship and all that. And if that's you, like me, then the idea that the Trumps have ostensibly, you know, ousted, ejected from power a moderate conservative for daring to ensure that they face consequences, then that should worry the fucking shit out of you, as it does me. That should make you think, so So when the odds on favourite for the Republican nomination maybe gets back in the White House, when that maybe slash definitely happens, because, you know, 
this is the world that we're living in. Obviously, it's going to happen. We now know that it's virtually impossible for any of his side to speak out. And, you know, if they win the election, then they'll have the majority. And so there will be no controls. There will be no mechanisms to hold them to account. If anyone does speak out, you know, if they do find their fucking balls and decide to start saying the same shit that they used to in the Republican nomination competition-y bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, back in the day, when it was, uh, you know, Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz and they were going up against Trump for the Republican nomination, when it was that, these guys actually had balls. Then they would say, well, this guy is corrupt, he's a con man, his sums don't add up, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's uncouth. They were all about criticising Donald Trump. But since then, they've adopted a position of careerism and opportunism. And as ever, you know, with Trump's nonsense, there's echoes with Brexit with this, right? Like, there's the moderates, the few sane conservatives left, and they're being ejected from their seats in the same or very similar way to Johnson deselecting or forcing out his moderates. You know, people like uh, Anna Subri, Amber Rudd, Dominic Grieve, Kenneth Clark, politicians that... Um, you know, I'm sure I'd find a lot to disagree with on a variety of fronts, not least austerity and benefit cuts or savaging the NHS and so on, but but who undoubtedly had, you know, conscientious minds, people who could hold a measured debate without reverting to mudslinging and more opportunism and baseless lies and theatrics. and. But with, with Johnson and, and Brexit and that 2019 election, that was it. They were gone, deselected, ousted. And then, and then what are you left with? Not jobs like Marc Francois and Fabrican and Dorries. And then stateside, the same thing's happening. And, and what are you going to be left with? People like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And this new Wyoming representative now, Harriet Hageman. Or Greg Abbott down in Texas. You know, just a complete tanking of political calibre. Just opp opportunists, chances, liars overly theatrical flag fuckers who have nobody's interests at heart but who, you know, they, they rely on this sort of um, plastic patriotism and permanently instilled fear that the other side want to come in and take something from you, you know? That seems to be how they operate. Not, you know, not in, in uh, tabling policy ideas of, as to how they would improve the lives of Americans uh, or Brits. But just in instilling fear, in amping up fear of what the other side might do if they got in, you know, we see that with the, you know, Tories in the UK when they demonised Corbyn and, and they're doing it again with Starmer and they did it with uh, with Miliband. Um, they'll say shit like Labour's strikes or a vote for Starmer is a vote for communism, you know, <laughs> like just amped, over amped fifth gear fucking nonsense. I'd like to know how we get in a situation where shit tons, like huge swathes of Labour voters are like, oh, I hate Starmer, he's a red Tory. You know, but at the same time, the right wing press are just like, a vote for Starmer is a vote for communism. Like, <laughs> could, could you guys sit down and have a chat around a table? I feel like you need to exchange ideas or something. Or if, you know, if you're in the US, it's the same. You know, if you vote Democrat, they'll cancel your name and... 
call you by your pronouns instead and make every third child gay to hit quota. Stay American, stay Republican. It's like that sort of, you know, it's just weird fear of the other side and shitty balls patriotism. To paper, like to paper over the fact that they have no actual political talent or principles or ideas or vision. They got no idea of what America in say 2030 should look like, what they need to invest in now to ensure that they can have a purely electric economy or, you know, a purely uh, like green renewables economy and survive the fucking implosion of the oil markets, whenever that happens. Let's not go down that tangent again, Aid. Come on, try and keep it light. They're just there to, you know, attain power is, is basically true of the Republican Party, certainly the Trump side of the Republican Party, of which, you know, most of it is now, uh, and the modern Conservative Party. They're there to attain power. It is power for power's sake. They have no fucking idea what to do with it, though. It's like in, in, in the UK, you can imagine like a junior aide or like, you know, a strategy director or something going into number 10 and... Now, what, what can we do to keep the plebs happy for one more week while we siphon billions out of the tax coffers and give it to friends who, who will later give us a board roll, you know, with, with fucking inflated salaries and shares so we can get that money back? Like, what can we do to take their, their eyes off the ball of that shit, but sort of broadly speaking, keep them happy? How can we keep the plebs happy this week? Somebody else goes like, uh, well, you know, we could fix the NHS. The NHS is like a national religion. Everyone wants the NHS to work. Why don't we fix the NHS? That'd make the plebs happy. And then they'd be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Obviously not. That would, that would cost 100 billion. That is money that could be going to donors, for fuck's sake. You know, something cheap, something superficial. Something that just sparingly pleases the plebs, but offers no actual improvement to their lives. And then someone else steps in like, well, we could uh, we could tell them that we're we're banning pronouns in pubs. That's uh, oh, perfect. Call Paul at the mail. Get it front headline in the mail, right? Common sense returns. Weatherspoons to ban woke pronouns. That <laughs> that will keep, that will please millions of people and offer no real change or improvement to their lives, and it will cost us fuck all. It's genius. Call Paul now. Like they're not banning pronouns, by the way. Um, you know, I'm just giving you pivot points of how this shit works. Whether it's the proms or poppies or a statue or council culture or woke civil service training sessions, it's all always a distraction from real shit. Like, but the NHS is collapsing. Energy prices are going to rob your children of their future. The rivers are full of literal shit. Schools are talking about closing two days a week to deal with the costs. Students are getting crushed by debt. The housing crisis is utterly, irretrievably fucked. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, but I don't care about actually helping people. I mean, you didn't, you didn't think, you didn't think I got into public office to help people, did you? Oh, dear Lord, boy. You know, you've got a lot to learn, haven't you? I did it to make dodgy deals, to get boardroom roles afterwards, to engage in nepotism and to enrich myself and my family. Right, but I mean, couldn't you just try to fix one of these things? Couldn't you just appear to be trying to be fixing shit? Look, over there, it's a footballer taking the knee. <laughs> it's like, it's always a distraction. And it'd be the same in the US, you know? Like how on earth anyone 
in Marjorie Taylor Greene's Georgia constituency. How can anyone feel like she's in it to help them? That is beyond me. Like, our politicians have their faults. Clearly. It's a fucking understatement of the decade. But at least, at the very fucking least, like the bar is so low now, at the very least, they put tweets out that say shit like, had a great time, North Shropshire Treehouse Building Initiative today. Building treehouses for kids gives homeless people a sense of purpose. And it gives kids a much needed um, dark and unsupervised den up in a tree where they can do God knows what to each other without a supervising adult that can see them. And then, and then they'll probably stumble out and fall 20 feet and break their fucking neck. But wait, oh, wait, no, that went, <laughs> that went really dark. Uh, you know what I mean, though? Like, like, British politicians sometimes tweet shit about each other and, you know, it's, it, it can get a bit uncouth and classless. But a lot of the time it's just, you know, mundane nonsense, like, helped out at a food bank today. Important work by amazing people. Hashtag love Devon. You know, like, it's, it's, that's the kind of shit they tweet out. And a picture of them smiling, helping with some staff or, you know, whatever. With Marjorie Taylor Greene, you look at her Twitter and it's like a fucking... It's a 12-year-old. It's like a cracked-up Facebook stepmom with, you know, links to radicalised shit blogs and flag accounts and, like... But there's seriously nothing on there about helping people. Nothing about what they're looking to achieve if they win in 2024 or new initiatives or, you know, making college free to give people more social mobility or, you know, nothing about specific families or schools or hospitals that she's visiting. It's all just fucked up, tribal, combative war talk. <laughs> like, doesn't she have like a PA or someone? Or a, a, a helper from the Republican Party, senior up, you know, can see she's got a high profile. They're like, maybe, you know, if we want people to take her seriously, maybe we just give her a helping hand. Just give her some guidance here. Ms. Green, could you uh, could you put a tweet out about the school fair? You know, she's trying to raise money for a new roof for the library. Um, I don't understand. How, how is that going to help Donald Trump? You know, like... It's just everything is Trump and stolen elections and crooked Biden and vaccine skepticism and defund the FBI. Like, like if you saw this content on your mum's Facebook, you'd be worried, right? This is not the internet activity of a sane person. This is frantic, hectic, irrational nonsense. You are insane, woman. You need to be de-radicalized. Sh ship her over to Sunak, quick. And if it was like your mum or your sister, you'd be concerned, right? And you wouldn't necessarily take everything she has to say 100% seriously. But this bitch is a sitting congresswoman. Like, who, who in Georgia is looking at... Like, what, is it, what even is she looking at in Georgia to, to improve things? Like, who is, who's reading her Twitter feed and then go, yep, she, uh, she has my interests at heart, you know? Or... Yeah, she seems like a rational woman with her head screwed on. No, nobody could read her Twitter and be like, yes, she seems like a congresswoman. Everyone should read her Twitter and be like, she is fucking nuts. She's not dissimilar to Nadine Dorries. She's like Nadine Dorries with a fucking opioid addiction. She seems, I'll tell you what she seems like. Incredibly impressionable, insecure, devoid of self.
And so then she, you know, chases after things to fill that void. And probably has some sort of psychological tendency to cling on to people that she thinks are strong men. Possibly over the relationship with her father when she was a child, or over some other kind of trauma with a major male figure in her life, I don't know. But that's my armchair psychologist diagnosis for you. Anyway, listen guys, this has been fun. Um, I hope that this has been half interesting for you to listen to. I don't know where we're headed with regards to US politics. I would playfully, playfully speculate that the Republican Party, the Trumpification of the Republican Party now is near complete. Uh, I think if moderates are seen to be getting ejected and ousted by the power that the Trumps hold over them, uh, then they will quieten down. And this is the thing, like, we always like to lambast and criticise politicians when we're like, have some fucking balls. You're here to serve the public. Why can't you just stand up and do the right thing? But if you put yourself in a position of the politician, they have, like, in the UK, they've got their 80k salary. That salary will be allocated to a mortgage and this and then school fees and then, you know, whatever else and their car lease. And and before you know it, they're down to the last, like, £300 a month. And the idea that they could quit and just walk out of their role as an MP is like, wow, I would be in serious financial trouble immediately. So they hang on in there and they say what they need to to continue to hold on to that job. And I kind of get it, you know? It's a lack of choices. Yes, they should be more financially financially responsible. They should save money to cushion the blow if they do have to walk out, especially if it's in a public role. But also being realistic, do, do you think they have that money allocated? Do you think they've got any options? I would suggest playfully, again, that even overseas, like in the Republican Party, that these guys who are on like, you know, congresswomen, or congressmen, or senators who are on, I don't even know, $150,000 a year, $300,000 a year, I bet that money's allocated and spent. And I bet when they're threatened with the possibility of being ejected, it's like, hey, what are you going to say when you go up on the stage on Friday? Uh, I was going to say, um, I fucking hate Trump. I think he's crooked. I think he's a liar. Uh, the election wasn't stolen, and I think he should hang up his gloves. Oh, really? Well, we're going to put the entire weight of the Trump family behind getting you ejected from your fucking seat, and you got no other shit. You got no options. Nobody's going to hire you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, suddenly then you're backed into a corner. You're like, I've been giving it some thought, and actually I fucking love Trump. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will sacrifice my dignity and... Uh, and conduct and standards in public life because, I mean, I suppose it goes down to the whole, you know, me first, uh, like selfishness, self-serving attitude of conservatives in general. It's like, fuck everyone else. Fuck the standards that I'm soiling. I will uh, tank the standards in public life of this country that I claim to love if it keeps me in my fucking job and helps to pay off my mortgage for another year before I'm probably ejected anyway. Like, I kind of get it. Maybe you do too. I don't know. Do I sound like I'm being sympathetic to them? I hope not. I'm just saying I understand how these people end up piping down. Um, I think probably what's going to happen next is people will row back on their criticism of Donald Trump if they sit within the Republican Party. But I also think the, 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 the two aces that the Republican Party have got on their sleeves still now is that Biden is pretty shit and that Murdoch controls, like, in terms of his control of the media landscape in the US, whether it's the New York Post or Fox News, they are funneling out this idea that the election was somehow illegitimate. And I think I've said this on a previous episode, that 70% of Republicans, 
70%, which is like over 100 million people in America, uh, truly believe that that election was not won legitimately. And I think when you've got that level of instability, and I think when you've got FBI raids happening, and I think when you've got people drive, driving into buildings in DC and shooting themselves or like trying to blow shit up, or people shooting up FBI officers, I think best case scenario, like Kamala Harris gets rid of Biden ASAP and they find somebody to stand against Trump and they immediately channel some serious improvements to the working class of America. Because at the moment, like, you know, I joke about these people on TikTok. I play like roles and characters where I'm a sort of idiot Trump voter. But you have to accept that there are huge swathes of these people who have been uh, neglected for so long and they don't have options and they can't just go back to college and retrain. Uh, they are living off welfare, but they all get a vote. And when somebody like Donald Trump steps up and they go, I'm going to speak up for all of you, you know, however disingenuous that is, when he stands there and says, it's not your fault that you're broke and you've got no options, it's the fault of the Mexicans or it's the fault of the Democrats. I'm going to drain the swamp. You can understand how that populism takes hold, takes root. So unless the Democrats really push forward with some sort of New Deal agenda to drastically re-employ and give options to the working class of America, I would say it is almost a dead cert that Donald Trump, A, becomes a Republican nomination, and B, uh, that they win the next election. And if they get in, I seriously weep for the future of democratic America, because I think, as we saw in his last presidency, uh, he absolutely has no issue with dismantling and attacking the institutions that prop up American democracy. Um, anyway, sorry, bit of a bit of a sort of side rant. Got very serious there towards the end. I hope this is enjoying uh, enjoyable for you in some sort of gallows humour, uh, disgustingly dark. We're all in this together, sort of fashion. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to the Patreons. Uh, we now have eleven. I set uh, a target not so long ago to get to ten, and then we would do the London event. That is going to take place on the twenty seventh of October in london it's a thursday night uh, so thanks very much to to the patreons for jumping on um anyone that joins the patreon between now and then is of course also welcome uh the current list i'm just going to say personal thank yous to you guys so here we go uh, thanks to rax kerry oliver silent alex and then chris d chris p t-rex sarah ricardo and paul you guys rock my world and uh, yeah, thanks very much for, for supporting the podcast. If you are not supporting the podcast, but you are enjoying sequential episodes, uh, but you don't want to jump on the Patreon, maybe you're not in a position to. Uh, I mean, I will say this, there's three tiers on there. Like it's, I think it's three pound a month is the cheap one, which is really just to buy me a beer, just to say, hey, thanks for the pod. Uh, here's a beer, mate. Um, the next one up is, a, I think it's a fiver a month. Um, and then you're a certified a Thompsoner. God help me. Uh, I cringe whenever I say that. Um, but that's, yeah, three pounds a month is a doff of the cap. Five pounds a month, you're a true supporter. And then there's a third tier, which is 10 pounds a month, which is utterly fucking ridiculous. Ignore that. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to jump on it, great. That would be amazing. I'm always very, very appreciative to all the supporters and they all get a shout out, uh, when, when I'm walking around with my phone and I can actually access uh, Wi-Fi in Thailand to read the names off of Patreon, uh, they get a shout out. Um, if you are enjoying it, but you're not in a position to support it, though, all I would ask is if you're enjoying the, the podcast, uh, copy and share a uh, an episode of the pod that you've enjoyed. Uh, so you can just go down to the little share button. It's usually like an upwards arrow or something. 
you can tap that copy the link and then just go into whatsapp or something and say hey i've been listening to this guy uh, i think maybe this might be your sort of thing uh, and share it around because then you know i'm growing through word of mouth and that's always really really good too so uh thanks once again for tuning in and whoa almost hey, slipped I over the there same. i do the same <laughs> almost a tragic end to the episode there almost <laughs> slipped over and broke my fucking neck um yes thanks once again i'll leave i'll leave you on that rather weird unscripted note and uh, i'll be back with a new episode very very soon thanks very much ciao for now bye